This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is Friday, May the 1st, and I am excited about today. We've only got a couple of topics, but we got plenty to discuss. So, uh, first things first, obviously... This is Winning Cures Everything. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And winningcureseverything.com is the website to check out. It is, uh, it's going to be updated eventually. I know <laughs> I've already said it was going to be up last week. I said it was going to be up this coming Sunday. It's not. I've run into snags all over the place. I'm learning a new layout. I'm learning a new everything. So it'll be a little bit, but we'll let you know when it's time for it to be up and running so that you can go and check it out. So you can do the damn thing. So you can share it out, tell all your buddies, and then... Just gasp in the amazement that uh, that the website will be once it gets here. It's going to look great. I mean, it, it already looks great. There's just a lot of things I got to fix on it. So we uh, we are going to get it up and running. Uh, McKinnon jumps in on Facebook already. Said, "Boys, we're back. That's good. That is good." Obviously, if you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, Periscope, or Twitch, make sure and comment in. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you are subscribed. Leave a nice review, a nice comment. And, uh, and then jump in to the comment section here on the live show. It's right there on your screen. You'll be able to see it. Any platform that jumps in, up, Matt is here. He said, woo, woo, ICP in the house. Yeah, you can tell it's a Friday. Everybody's ready for the weekend. It's going to be nice weather almost everywhere, I think. Uh, Michael said, what's up, fellas? Happy Friday. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we got Twitch in, we got YouTube in, and we got Facebook in. That's always a good thing. So now we're just waiting for some Periscopers to jump in, and we're ready for that. Uh, Michael said, happy birthday to your son, Gary. That's right, Lincoln is two years old today. The legend was born two years ago today. And boy, what a day it was. Good gracious. It was, uh, it was a good time. It was fun. There was a, a lot going on with it. But, uh, but we, are, we are set up. We are good to go. He has had uh, a wonderful birthday day so far. Balloons and all kind of different stuff. I mean, it, the kid's got more toys than he knows what to do with. But... We're rocking and rolling. That's why we're doing the show early today. I've got to go get his sister. Uh, She is going to be here for the weekend and whatnot. So lots, lots to get into. And the intro has gone long enough as it is. So let's dive into some sports topics here. First things first, Dan Wetzel wrote a very interesting article over at Yahoo Sports. 
about the idea of the SEC going it alone in the college football season this fall. Now, on their podcast yesterday with Pete Thamel and Pat Forty, they discussed the idea of there being two different college football playoffs. And I don't think that that is that crazy of an idea. Um, the idea is SEC schools are going to be ready to play in the fall. Some of the Pac-12 schools, some of the schools in the Northeast, maybe not. Those are more hotbeds for this virus. But with the SEC, you have an opportunity here to be a, a showcase, right? Like, even if you're only playing inter-conference uh, games, if nobody else in the country is playing, you got a national window for basically every game. So, this all comes from Greg Sankey, right? Right, Greg Sankey... Basically said they're going to be ready. Go ahead. No, no, no. Sankey said that they are, you know, they're going to be ready to play. Like He said, we're going to be ready. We would idealistically like to start the season as a whole. All the schools, all the conferences, everything. But he finished by saying, if other places aren't ready to go, and we are, we're going to move forward. Which he, is he made no bones about, we have no problems. Our conference as a whole, our 14 administrators, our 14 athletic directors and presidents are all on board. As soon as we think we can safely play, we are going to start our season. And we're yeah. not worried about anybody else doing their thing. Schedules are going to be crazy this year. I don't oh, you, anticipate. you got to change it. You're not yeah. going to get the interconference play like we used to, but they're going to play football. Yeah, I I don't expect Alabama to be playing USC the first weekend of September. Um, Won't happen. I I don't expect Oregon to be playing Ohio State. You know, now Oregon did say that they are planning to have classes in person in the fall, which means that they could be playing football in the fall. But uh, some of the non-conference games that we have been looking forward to, I just don't think are going to happen. You know, and, and that's fine. And I think that you will see very quickly how quick the schedules can be changed for college football for us to be able in the future to get better matchups, better games. The Not same- have to sign a contract for two teams to play one another right. a decade from now. And by then, both right now they sign the contract and both teams are even. And come 10 years from now, one team is still really good. The other team is falling off the cliff. Are they both irrelevant? And we just got a shit game to watch. Yeah, that's that's the purpose, right? We've talked about this in the past. The idea of a Big Ten SEC challenge to open up the year. You know, it's yeah. something along those lines where you take the best against the best. Listen, the Midwest has not been hit with this thing that bad at all. They've done really well as well, just like the South has. It wouldn't surprise me if two conferences did open up as a whole. And they say, okay, y'all are playing, we're playing. Let's let's get intercollegiate games. Let's, you know, you don't have to yeah. play only conference games. Let's let's mix this thing up a little bit. Let's two commissioners, you know, figure this thing out. The the thing that they didn't bring up on their podcast that needs to be brought up is um how do pro ready juniors and seniors handle this? in the conferences that we think those schools are not going to be ready to play. I do not believe the Pac-12 schools, most of them, enough for a conference to get a new team to go. 
um, are, are going to be ready to play at a normal time period. So if they're going to have a spring playoff and, and type of season, the draft is in April. The NFL is not going to move the draft. Yeah. We have made it clear the NFL is not going to change their schedule for anything. You got it. They are going to go forward. And and if we can play football in, in the South, the NFL is going to find a way to play football and carry their season. Um, whether it's a bubble type theory or whatever, they're going to figure a way to play it. My question is, you're Trevor Lawrence, and the ACC says we're not going to play because half of our schools say no and half of them say yes, and we can't play with half a conference. Yeah, and we're, we're going to push it back, which is what – We're going to push it back. Yeah. If you're Trevor Lawrence, do you even play that that season? If you're going to so. be the number one draft pick? I don't think so. I don't think you do. And it not makes just no Trevor sense. Lawrence. How many other kids want to get drafted? Why would you play? Because the dra- if your season starts in January, the draft is in April. Yeah. Why would you play? I, I don't have a good answer for you. Um, I think that's going to be a wrinkle that's going to – Yeah. Some of these administrators making those decisions have to look at. And this is the problem with the lack of being able to transfer. We talked about that yesterday. Is So I'm not – you're basically telling all of the – pro-ready juniors and or the seniors, I'm not going to get my senior year if I think I got a legit shot. I'm not going to get my final year of playing college ball. You don't want me to play my final year of college ball if I think I'm a pro-ready player. Yeah. I mean, Panay Sewell at Oregon, you know, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, all, all those be, guys. There's going to be tons of them. There's well, going to be tons of those I guys. I will say this. Uh, I saw Mike Lombardi on uh, Pat McAfee's show. This morning, and he he thinks that the supplemental draft is going to be massive, um, because and it's it's a ping pong ball format. It's basically the same thing as the NBA draft lottery. Um, they there's going to be a ton of guys like Travis Etienne at, at Clemson. If Clemson does not play until January or whatever, like, and I I don't know. Do you know when the supplemental draft is? I have no idea. I've I've never paid attention to it before because it's never really been relevant and and now it now it might be like but you're the right. last time that I it was mean, really relevant was was Josh Gordon we're, we're gonna come back for their senior year but if they get word in time before the supplemental draft that my conference my school is not going to play football in the fall I'll screw this I want I want in that supplemental draft yeah I mean that's that's a big thing um Let's see. The NFL draft is over. However, another selection process could. This is a USA Today article. Um, let's see. This is Barry Warner that said uh, another selection. Uh, uh, players who decided to return to school and pass on the 2020 NFL draft. Najee Harris, uh, Travis Etienne at Clemson. You know, uh, all the, the run, Chuba Hubbard, whatever, right? Uh if they they had no idea the coronavirus could impact the upcoming college football season, if it is delayed due to the impact of the pandemic, the NFL could see a large number of eligible players opt for the supplemental draft. Yep. While it is the end of April, decisions are going to be made sooner than later as to how to handle college football 2020. A delay of months or until early next year would have a gigantic impact on players. The only thing certain now is how uncertain everything is. Uh, who would be eligible for this process to be declared eligible for the supplemental draft a player must file a petition, which is reviewed on a case-by-case basis. Normally, it relates to people who lose eligibility after the NFL draft. Uh, however, any delay in the college football season due to the pandemic would have an instant impact on players who would have been eligible uh, eligible for the NFL already. So basically, like Trevor Lawrence can't go in the supplemental draft because he's not three years removed from high school. 
But no, Travis Trevor Etienne, Penn. any anybody that would have been a senior this year would be eligible right now for this draft. And yeah, the juniors, the juniors wouldn't be able to go into the supplemental draft. My question for the juniors is, do they play at all if they get pushed to that spring time? I no, I don't think so. I mean, if if you've I, got I would, a, if you've got a legit NFL future ahead of you, there is no purpose in you playing this season. The only thing you would be doing is trying to improve your draft stock. But how much can you improve it in February he, or some March? of these guys can't? And I, I mean, like I mean, even Travis Etienne, all his other guys, if they don't go supplemental draft, they can't. They can't. We we have enough game film on them. We know what they're capable of. They're really good football players. If they were in this draft, it would be you know it would have been pretty different than than what it was yeah. if all these guys were there. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean. It, you you had Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards Hilaire and you know DeAndre Swift whatever those were your three top guys uh, along with J.K. Dobbins. Um, if you throw in Najee Harris, Chuba Hubbard, and Travis Etienne, like there is no telling where any of those guys end up going. Like yeah. it's all of them are different. Like I, I think Najee Harris would have been a top three running back taken. Uh, J.K. Dobbins might have been pushed back even further. You know, there's there's no telling with these guys. So, you know, if and all of them could have come out, and three of them ended up staying in and are monster players. And are monster, monster players. players. Yes. yes. So, you know, it, if it, honestly, like Alabama appears to be, I mean, they're part of the SEC. It looks like they're going to be playing this fall, one way or another. Yep. Well, we don't know about Clemson because. You know, Boston College, Syracuse, et cetera. Like, obviously, they are around hotbeds for this virus. If the ACC decides as an entire conference, hey, we're going to push back and we're not going to play until, you know, the spring. So then, say in the spring, you've got, let's say, half the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12. And then you've got, in the fall, uh, the other half of the Big Ten, the SEC, and the Big 12. And we're doing this, and we're going to do a playoff, and then we're doing well, that another. That was my playoff. question. Hang on, could half a conference play in one, and that so could the ACC be represented in both? It, uh, it really depends. Like seasons, I, I I guess so, um, because that I think it's going to be that would be crazy. But that would probably be the smartest thing to do. Is you know, you you come up with a way to where half of your and it needs to be half. Okay. Yeah. So so if you've got a fourteen-team conference, and six want to play, and eight don't. Somebody that don't needs to play, and yeah. we got to figure out a way to convince them to do it. Or maybe you don't. Shit, I don't know. See, I have no idea how this is going to work. Like way outside would, of our, we're we're way over our skis on this yeah, thing right now. Sankey, we, we way outside of our expertise of what the hell we're doing. Yeah, Sankey but, said like it, we would love for everybody to be united and be doing the same thing. I'm going off Sankey saying, yeah. yes, we want all the schools, but he's pretty certain all 14 SEC schools are going to be ready to play. Yeah. That might not be Labor Day weekend, Labor Day weekend, but all 14 schools are playing in the fall. Yeah. We're yeah. going to have a season of some sort, and we'll have our own playoff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm I would love for it. a season with the Big Ten and the SEC and the Big 12. Like, that would be the funnest thing in the world. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it would still be mostly SEC against SEC, but you yeah, could but have... if those other conferences are playing at the same time, and then we have some, you know, weird playoff system where, you know, we do a 16 playoff or something, and we get, you know, two schools from each conference get to make it. Yeah, yeah, I'd be all right with that. You get your champion and one at large. I I could I could totally work with that. I could totally work with that. I could I, too. I think it would be fun. You'd find there's a way to do it. There's a way yes. to figure this thing out. And then once we figure out who's playing, then then we start putting together what it looks like. I I don't think that the schedule is going to look at all like it does right now. Like no, I, I think it's going to can't. be. It just it just can't. Yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. And I I'm so excited. Like I, I'm, I, I want to see think what happens. We need to, like the reason we're assuming that all this is going to happen the way it's going to happen is because we think these teams need to play more regional games, even if the California teams are allowed to play and it's no big deal, whatever. There's no reason to travel across the country for a game right now. You've yeah. got enough schools that you could, you know, you could get to in an hour long bus ride. Yeah, I mean, it just that, regional. That, like, there's just no reason for the for the the absorbent amount of travel. I think conferences look at things and say, all right, West Virginia is in the Big 12. Who can West Virginia play, you know? Yeah. Like, who around them will pick up some games or we can throw them at them? Yeah, I mean, you've got a very valid point. I, mean, I, I think we're going to get more towards some well, – I guess maybe the travel is irrelevant because these teams all have private planes. Not all of them, but – all majority. Power Five teams are going to charter. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. not a single Power Five team that's not chartering. Chartering. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, with the TV money the way it is, yeah. And that's a, make no bones about it. That is why this is happening. Uh, well, shit, yeah, TV, that's why it's happening. Why, why else is it happening? Because we love college football. And we just need something to watch. No, <laughs> no. This thing prints cash. Yes. Yes. So of course, you know, if there is a game that they got to get to, you know, West Virginia going to. Austin to play a game or to Stillwater or whatever. Like, yeah, that's that's why it's happening. Um and and they will still be getting their their paychecks. You know, what I'm curious about is okay, well, what about the Pac-12 and all that? Like how do the playoff uh payouts work? Like if well, you know, if if they don't play in the fall and we still have get, a playoff, don't get it. Do they don't get it. But but also does the playoffs still pay out the same amount of money? No, everything's gonna look everything's gonna look different. Okay, everybody's got to renegotiate, and everybody's got to realize that we can give some money, but we can't give all the money. Um, or depending on how big it is, if we expand it, and they get more games, get a lot more money. We'll figure that out. But if you don't participate, you don't play. If you if the Pac-12 sits out of the normal time, then they don't they don't get to play. They don't get a dime from it. But the same thing if the SEC plays in the fall and other conferences do a spring season and they have their own playoff, ESPN's loving it because they get more content. They get two sets of playoffs. They get Herbie working all damn year, which <laughs> they can really maximize their dollars per, per TV hit for him. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and that sort of thing. Then the SEC wouldn't get a dime of that playoff revenue, whatever it ends up being. I mean, I do wonder if... Uh, if you don't participate, you don't you don't collect. I, I do wonder if if they would put together, like, two different playoffs. Like, 
Well, that would be the way you'd have to do it. If you're going to have two totally different seasons, then you can't have the one that finishes early sit and wait for the other one to finish and then then do a playoff from there. Because once again, that second playoff is happening, you know, after the draft. Yeah, and no, I don't suppose none of your none of your NFL players are coming. I don't. I don't think it'll really necessarily because if we're playing with with no fans, like it does it matter where the playoff it like you could host it in you know whatever no, yeah, football field care. anywhere. It doesn't matter. No, you don't care. You don't. You don't care where it's at. It's so, irrelevant. So there'd be no purpose in in a massive amount of travel or anything like that because you're you're not you gonna have a ton of fans. None of that matters. Yeah. So at that point, you really could, like ESPN could put together two different playoffs and not have to worry about all the logistics that come along with it other than the hotel rooms for the teams. Like, that would really be it. You know, I, it's kind of it's crazy to think about. Like, you could have two playoff games on the same day in the same stadium. Yeah, but why would you? Like, you could, you could play this thing in L.A., and you've got the Coliseum, you've got the Rams Stadium, and you've got, like, if you were going to have four playoff games, somehow we got an 18 playoff, you've got four stadiums that you could get to and put up and just play it all in one day. And you start at 11, you start at 2 o'clock, you start at 5 o'clock, and you start at 9 o'clock. Why would you play them in the same stadium? I mean, yeah, you got a point. but Because I'm, at some I'm point just... in time, that second team getting in there, You'd have long breaks because those teams have to get in. All these facilities don't have four locker rooms; they got two locker rooms. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. And you so gotta, you'd have to you get all the teams, all their equipment, all their cleanup. Anybody who got hurt, they're getting training, all this stuff. Uh, you got to get all those guys out of there before you could even bring the first team in, the next team in to start setting up and the, the trainers and the equipment guys are going to get in there for a couple of hours. There's just no reason to do that when you have multiple cities with multiple stadiums around. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could also look at it like this. You set the playoff matchups and then ESPN goes in and uh, Matt said, it'll be like the NCAA tournament and the NIT tournament. Like, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But what you could do here is, you know, say Alabama and Ohio State are the first round matchup, and then you've got LSU and uh, who at Texas, right? Whatever, just throwing out names here. Uh, say you've got those two games, well, then you find the the closest point in the middle for Alabama and Ohio State, yeah, where they can get to a stadium, and then you find he the closest said, point right. between yeah, LSU to, and Austin. Both, you are going to Indianapolis. Yeah. You're going to Lucas Oil Stadium. There you go. We're just finding, and and that's the best thing to do is find these NFL stadiums because the NFL. One thing we don't talk about with all of this stuff happening, the the yeah, NFL. This is a we we don't have anything else to talk about, so I'm gonna I'm gonna merge this a little bit into the NFL. The players signing that new agreement for the NFL is the best thing that the players ever could have done, and here's the reason why I say that: no one ever feels sorry for the owners. They're all billionaires. Thirty-two owners make a billion dollars, and they're not a victim of anything. Whatever. They are all losing lots of money because they have tons yep. of money in the stock market they've lost. They're all own businesses that are super successful that are all struggling right now. None of them are making a lot of money. They all, except for a very minority few, own their stadiums. And all of those stadiums were filled up in the spring with concerts and soccer games and everything else to make money. And now they're not making any money. Do you think they would have been really nice in the next if they don't if the players wouldn't have signed that agreement? 
if and they tried to go into this off season to get oh, yeah. money from those seats. So the NFL is going to be the ones to call and say, "We got all these facilities. Come play here. Come play here. We've yeah. we've got an empty facility somewhere where you can host your game. Yeah. Even though we don't, you don't need the seats. You still got state of the art locker rooms. You got state of the art medical facilities. You've got state of the art everything else, and you've got hotels for the for the teams and we're close to all you college towns somewhere. Uh, McKinnon and uh, and Matt jumped in uh, talking about Dallas as a place that they could end up doing everything. Yeah. Um, he said Jerry would always open Jerry's world so he can make that money is what Matt said yep. on YouTube. And then but McKinnon, that's all of them. Uh, McKinnon said, hell, Dallas would work really well. You'd have the Cotton Bowl, Jerry World, SMU Stadium. And he didn't mention this, but you've also got TCU Stadium. Yep. You've got, I mean, just a massive so – Jerry. The, where they so do the Division Two national championship in uh, if in the NFL does a bubble thing, Jerry has offered up in Jerry World. Okay, somewhere around his facility, they have four uh, fields, full NFL fields. If you're going to do it without, that's just that. That's not Cotton Bowl. That's not TCU. That's not SMU. That's just so. Just in Dallas, there are seven real state of the art fields with proper facilities that the NFL could send all 16 teams to two teams, take off uh, all thir- uh, 30, uh, 32 teams to not 32. Yeah. Uh, you could send half the season league basically to Dallas. Yeah. And, and you could play seven games in one day at one time if you want it. Yeah. And, and the fun thing is you, you wouldn't really need to, you got your money. Well, you don't game. have to, you could play yeah. basically. Yeah. You could, yeah. Cause it doesn't matter, but he's got the facilities because that's that's the biggest problem that the NFL trying to do their bubble. They've kicked around the idea of how do they do a bubble, the NBA, all this other stuff, is you. that's the one game where you cannot scrimp on the field. Yeah. We have seen injuries because these guys go to high school fields and play. And you got to make sure to stay there. Well, if you go to the state of Texas, hell, the high school fields are better than most college towns that aren't Power 5 schools. You got that right. You got I mean, they right. just they just are. That's that is a solution. So. Uh, there's a there's a high school in Texas that's got a fifty million fifty plus million dollar stadium. Like that is that's me at all. That's absurd, and it's well, also yes, awesome. It's absurd. Yes, it's ridiculous, but it doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me at all. Rich, rich people do insane things all the time. I would be the, I would probably be the most boring rich guy in the world. I love LSU. I worship Ed Orgeron. If he called me and asked me for a dollar, I'd laugh. I'm like, man, I would give money to somebody else. I'm gonna piss this stuff away on stump, dumb shit. I'm not giving you money. Football, like, no. I love it. I buy my tickets. I'll be a fan. I don't need to hang out with 18 year olds in a locker room. I think that's creepy. I think that's weird. I would be the worst booster in the world. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I'll pay the kids. No, no, no. Now, no, listen. I, as long as I know this money goes straight to a kid, I'll pay the kids. <laughs> you know, you have to be a star, man. I just, I just buy y'all dinner. I'll buy you suits. I'll buy you money. I give you money. I don't care. You don't have to be Joe Burrow. You don't have to be Clyde. You don't have to be the best of the best. I'll pay them all. Yeah, I agree with that. I'd do it. I'd do it. Just put the thumb in the eye of the bastards of the NCAA. I don't care. That's a, it, you. You might be a better booster than you think. Maybe, maybe, but I'm not. I'm not giving them the money. Okay. Now that's a good point. That's a good point. I don't trust. Uh, I don't trust administration with my dollars. Let's see. Matt said uh, actually, there's several 100 million dollar stadiums in Texas. He said uh, Allen and McKinney both are over 100 million. That's crazy. 
That's just that's just dumb. That's yeah, just dumb. That's, that's just crazy to me. So, um, all right. So let's. Uh, you you want to jump off that? You want to move into AFC West? Let's go into the AFC West. Let's move into it. Our AFC draft reaction or AFC West draft reaction, and I am pumped about this one. Obviously, our boy Michael's in here. Uh, McKinnon, he is also an AFC West guy. And then, of course, you got the Chargers and the Raiders in there. We are going to start, though, with the Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Their win total for the season now is 11.5. Their team needs are, which is not really much at all because I still think they're going to be loaded. They're going to be fine. Yeah, we use the word need very loosely here, okay? Yeah. The, the only holes that they've got, which really isn't a hole at all, is cornerback, linebacker, and offensive line. Um and that's like the offensive line thing is is real. Like they actually needed offensive line help. Um, I mean, they got a little bit, you know. Yeah, you're the Super Bowl winner. The league, the NFL, is the best at the rich just don't get richer. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that that is the most competitive league there is. You've you've got a little top heaviness year in and year out, but for the most part, half of the playoff teams don't make the playoff the following year. And usually the Super Bowl loser is one of those teams. Yes. Yes, you are right. So, I mean, this is this is big-time turnover. They made two draft picks that I, I actually kind of are excited about. The rest of them I could care less. Yeah, we'll, uh, let, let's go ahead and move through them. Uh, they only had six picks. Running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with the last pick in the first round. Uh, last pick in the second – or second to last, whatever it is. Uh, in the second round, they got linebacker Willie Gay out of Mississippi State. That's it. Big that's fan of that pick. Yeah. Uh, that's, third, that's the list. Yeah. Offensive tackle Lucas Niang out of TCU in the third round. Safety Legereus Sneed out of Law Tech. Uh, it, look, Louisiana Tech, like, it, this this kid is underrated, man. He's he's okay. pretty good. Uh, round five, edge rusher Mike Dana out of Michigan. Round seven, they got cornerback Thagarius Keys out of Tulane. Uh, basically, everyone from, like, a, Honestly, third round through seventh round are pretty much going to be projects. Like, they they could end up being really yeah, they good could, players. They could play in the league for a couple of years, and they yeah. could be really good, and they could flame out and not even make the team. That's fine. I, I, mean, I don't think any of them are, like, are bad at all. Um, no, I'm not knocking on them. They just didn't. I mean, this is one of the things about winning the Super Bowl, and you pick last in every round. And, you know, it's hard because they don't really have a whole lot of glaring needs or holes and you know what they did have you i guess they could have drafted an offensive line in the first pick and the second pick and really bolstered that thing but i while i'm not very moved by their draft as a whole my favorite pick in the entire draft was absolutely Clyde oh, going yeah. at the end of that league i i mean it's the only thing that actually got me emotional and 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 hit me in the feels um hard working kid just a just an absolute beast, and everybody in the word world had him third or fourth out of all the running backs, and it, it just when they came up, I wanted the Chiefs to take one of the running backs just because I I, I like seeing strength on strength, and I wanted to to just see that offense actually have a a, a big time back and what they could do, and when the stories came out that the GM calls Andy Reid and says, who do you want? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you who I'm thinking. I've already written my name down. Who do you want? 
he says, Clyde's the guy. He says, okay. And then he calls Patrick, sends Patrick Mahomes a text, and is like, what are you thinking here? And he says, Clyde, and that's it. <laughs> and and the GM, like, showed, like, his paper and, and showed both of them. He was like, that's the guy. We're, we're, it was a unit. This was not a debate. This was not a, you know, we could go this direction or that direction. Everybody said, if we get this kid on our roster, it takes us to the next level. Um, and, and it just meant a lot that that was, that was my guy. That was yeah. my guy. And it meant a lot. You got that right. Uh, jumping in on the chat, uh, Jim John, he said, LSU locker rooms for the win though. That is talking about the, uh, the stadium debate that we were having before. So yeah, yeah. LSU's locker room. Yes. Uh, yes. and then McKinnon said the chiefs had a good draft, but definitely not great. Their free agent spending has been relatively low too. They don't really need it, but I'd love to see them find some help on the offensive line. And really help for the linebacker, or and real help, help for the linebackers gone. and corners. Help, help is done unless a bunch of kids we talked about earlier jump into the supplemental draft. Yeah, um, and and you can do something there. Help is gone. All the free age, all the offensive linemen. For there, there's no Cam Newton and Andy Dalton sitting out there at the offensive line position. Yeah. Everybody's got a job already. Now you got that right. You got that right. It's crazy. All right. So uh, as far as you know, liking, disliking, uh, loving, hating. I like what they did. I, I like I think, it. I, I like think it, it well. because of Clyde. If you were to replace Clyde with Jonathan Taylor or Dobbins, would I like it still? Maybe. If you were to replace them with an offensive lineman that, you know, whatever the next offensive lineman that went in the second round jumped up there, I probably would say I dislike it. Just, yeah. I'm sure he's a big help to the team. But I think they they took some flyers on some guys. They they got some value picks there. You know, Sneed out of Louisiana Tech, I think is going to be pretty good. Keys like needs some work out of Tulane, but you know he could be a serviceable corner. Um, and Willie Gay is a stud whenever he's actually playing. Obviously, yes. Willie Gay has some problems. He's the one that uh, that broke the quarterback's jaw before the bowl game. He, he, he was suspended be for eight no games in his locker room. No, he was suspended for uh, for eight games for uh, for academic issues. Yeah. Last year, and well, you don't have to worry about going to class. We're not worried about that yeah. either. And he's got a former bulldog that's a leader on that defense, and Chris Jones. He'll whip him into shape pretty good. Yeah. I think he'll get him in line, and and this will be a a Patrick Peterson to the Honey Badger kind of wrap your arm around him. Also, Honey Badger is still in that locker room as well. Pretty strong leader and uh, yep. and role model. He he'll be around some defensive guys that will say, "Hey, we're gonna act right. Let's go play ball." Yeah. I'm not really worried about it. I think that locker room is about as tight as a locker room's going to get. No, you're 100% right. 100% right. Uh, all right, so I like it. You like it. I like it. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and move to the next one here. The Denver Broncos, 7.5 is their win total currently. Um, need wide receiver, need cornerback, need linebacker. And they went wide receiver early. And, I, I mean, it was... It fell and right off. in their lap. Yeah, they they went uh, they they got three wide receivers, they got a they got a cornerback, they they got some linebacker help. You know, like they they did well in this draft. They had a lot of picks, but this is the first time in a long time that I have felt really good about the Denver Broncos draft. Um, now, the one thing the Broncos have done is they have gone all in on their quarterback being the guy. Yeah, they are all over Drew Locke, man. All now, this over is Drew the Locke. place where I think they would be most beneficial to bring in Andy Dalton. Yeah, 
I could see that. I just think competition is a good thing, and it doesn't mean I don't love Locke, and I don't think that he can be the guy, but there's nothing wrong with bringing somebody in to push him. Uh, especially a veteran presence. Like you, you need somebody. Because we don't know that, that he's going to be that great yet, all right? Yeah, he was good at the end of last year. He was good, but he was good. Do we Small think sample great? size. I mean, we, we saw Baker Mayfield be That's really right. good. That's right. And then listen, listen to your boy. That ain't always true. What yeah. you saw in a part of the end of a season, it's fun to be excited about. Sometimes that pulls your dreams down, man. Yeah. Uh, Michael jumps in. He said, Judy and Hamler, day one contributors. Cush, yep. long-term starter next to Risner. Uh, let's see. Ajim, uh, sleeper, learning from Jarrell Casey and Bo Kohler. Albert O is a freak, has rapport with Locke. Uh, Muti is interesting if he ever gets healthy. And then he said, mile high track team, LOL. So let, let's roll through these picks. Jerry Judy from Alabama at, at pick 15 in round one. Uh, that one just fell in their lap. I mean, that was, you know. It, yeah, it, this is CeeDee Lamb to the Cowboys. This is yeah. don't screw it up. Yeah. No one had him on. No Broncos had him on their board because no Bronco thought he would be there on no, their board. All the, our buddy Sam from Westlake Pirates was convinced yeah. that Henry Ruggs was going to be the guy that was left. Because he's the only guy left because CD and Judy would have been gone. Not an yep. option. Exactly. Then in round two, you get wide receiver KJ Hamler, who can absolutely fly. He yep. can fly, man. He's just he's unbelievable speed. Now, obviously, got some other issues that don't make him one of these top wide receivers, but he is really good. Like That's he's right. an unbelievable value pick in the second round, especially for what they needed. Number uh number three. I mean, they had three picks in third round. Cornerback Michael Ojemudia out of Iowa. Yeah, good pick. Lloyd Cushenberry, center out of LSU. And then they got McKelvin Ajim, uh, which I don't even know that I'm saying that right, out of Arkansas. I will tell you this. Um, defensive guy, like, played at Arkansas. Obviously, Arkansas's defense was kind of trash. But I did see that guy kind of push around Alabama's offensive line, and Alabama's offensive line is pretty good, you know? Now, obviously, Alabama put up 48 points on him, so it is what it is. But he kind of did the same thing against LSU. So, I, now granted, I don't know how much of it mattered because it was late in the game and it, the game was decided. But, you know, uh, round four, Albert Okud... I'm not even going to try. Out of Missouri, um, <laughs> tight end. I was end. curious how well you were going to go in on these names. Oku would give them numb. That's not it at all. Uh, out of Missouri... Uh, I think he could be all right, uh, and he's he's somebody that obviously has uh, has rapport with Locke. I mean, he's he's Locke's guy. Linebacker Justin Schnrod out of Wake Forest. Uh, interior offensive lineman Natani Muti out of Fresno State. Wide receiver Tyree Cleveland out of Florida, who is another burner. But, I mean, what did he have, like 20-something catches at Florida? Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, but he didn't have any quarterback play. No, he didn't, but my goodness. Uh, edge rusher in the seventh round, uh, they got super late out of North Dakota State, uh, Derek Tuzka. So, uh, Michael, he knows this better than anybody. He said, overall, I think Elway crushed this draft. After getting beat down by Seattle in the Super Bowl, he built uh, one of the best defenses ever. I think he's trying to do the same on offense now. My only worry is maybe too much pressure on Locke. Would have liked for them to go after a tackle. I don't trust Bowles. Um, yeah, I I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I, I will say this. I like this draft. Yeah, This is the, the best I have felt about a Denver Broncos draft maybe ever under ever. John Elway. Completely agree. You know, Completely and, agree with all that. Um, I, I 
he's the, they would be fools to not go after Dalton. They really would. Yeah. He's not going to hurt your locker room. He's not going to come in and demand a start, but he's also not going to not compete either. And he fits into your offense insanely well. That's right. Like that's, that's he, right. I just, he does a lot I of the same stuff Locke does. If Drew Locke, if you've built this thing up and you're ready to go this year and make that next step and really compete for a wild card spot, and Drew Locke takes a big step backwards, don't be the Cleveland Browns. Don't throw away an entire season where the rest of your team is good. Don't waste another prime year of Von Miller's talent, all right? Yeah. Because that guy's not going to play forever. No, He's not going right. to be elite forever. So don't throw it away if Locke takes a massive step backwards, all right? Just if he's if he don't have it, sit him down. It, I mean, you're not throwing him or, in the trash or heap. Even sit if him he- down and put the other guy in that's not going to make mistakes. I'm not saying he's going to. I just don't – this is one of those situations where the franchise, without any real reason, has – because they've been bad at quarterback for so long, just like the Browns. Yeah. They feel like as soon as they get this much good play, give him the key to the franchise and let him make all the decisions from this point forward. He is our guy. He's going to bring us into the promised land because you haven't seen anything close to this good in a long time. Yes, I Listen, agree. I'm going to give you the best advice my uncle gave me long, long, long time ago. First girl I ever started dating, I fell in love with. He told me, Chris, she ain't the only one that's got one of them things, okay? They all got one of them things. Slow down. Slow down, man. You're good. He's the first girl that's liked you in a long time, and he's good. He was fun. I like Drew Locke. Just don't get burned falling in love with somebody when you've only been around them for about five minutes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Let's see. Let me. I'm trying to pull up the uh, the Chargers here. Um, as far as the Broncos go, their their quarterback depth chart. They've got Jeff Driscoll as their second string. They got Brett Rippon as their third, and then they've also got Riley Neal on the roster. Um, yeah, that's not going Andy, to help you. Andy Dalton would be better than uh, all of them. Uh, all of them, other than other than Locke, maybe. Um, well, yes, okay. I'm, but I'm but here's the deal. I mean, remember Locke missed half of last year with an injury. So what happens if it happens again? I just, you know? I just don't like the idea of we've seen a little bit of guy, just a taste of a guy, and now we just don't even worry about his backup. We don't even care that we have a backup. Jeff Driscoll is fine. Like, that's yeah. not okay. Uh, McKinnon said Dalton has the hair to blend in with the uniform, too. Um, uh, Michael said, if nothing else, fellas, it'll be interesting. Get your asses down to Denver. Uh, if we get a season, the Bucks are coming to Denver. Yeah, that'd be a good one to go uh, to go out there for. Uh what I was laughing at is is Matt, of course, jumping in on YouTube. He uh, it is the Mile High City. He said Denver is closer to the sun. Gingers can't tolerate direct sunlight much, so <laughs> they play most of the games at night. It'll be all right. <laughs> It'll be fine. Uh, Michael did say Elway drags his feet with quarterbacks. I love to see Dalton, but I can't see Elway making that move. Probably right. No, you're probably right. But, but, but it's it not would smart. be smart. It would be it's a just smart. not smart. Yeah, I agree. You don't have it. Listen, I'm just telling you from a Cleveland Browns perspective, you don't have a quarterback locker room where the only quarterback that's capable of playing is a guy who's been there for five minutes. Yeah. I mean, less than half a year or less than half a season. 
You just can't. You can't do that. It's just not smart. It might work out. Doesn't mean it was smart. No, you're you're a hundred percent right. You got to be prepared for everything. That's why the most excited I was about the Brown signings in free agency. It wasn't all them big old offensive linemen they went out and got, which is really nice. It was Case Keenum because I know now if we get the Baker we got last year, Stavansky will give him the hook. You got that We're right. We're not going to throw away another season. You have got that right. The Los Angeles Chargers are next on the block. Seven and a half wins. They needed quarterback, linebacker, and offensive line help. Um, <laughs> Matt said, by the way, I can make gender jokes. I have one at home. Yeah, he does. <laughs> got them kids. That's it. At that point, you can make fun of anything. All right. Quarterback, linebacker, and offensive line help. Um, and they, they tackled all of it, basically. Uh, especially yeah, early. They didn't get an offensive lineman. No, not not that, but they did get uh, they did get linebacker help with uh, with Kenneth Murray in the second. Well, no, that was in the first as well. They traded up for that one, uh, but they got Justin Herbert. I don't know that I necessarily agree. He does have all of the uh, the measurables, right? He like he looks like the big prototypical quarterback. I mean, we'll just see, right? Uh, Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma, with that second first round pick. And then they didn't pick again until the fourth round. They got running back Joshua Kelly out of UCLA, who was really impressive at times at UCLA. But, man, that was a that was a crap team. That was just not good. They got wide receiver Joe Reed out of Virginia in the fifth round, safety Alohi Gilman out of Notre Dame, and then wide receiver K.J. Hill was a seventh-round pick out of Ohio State. K.J. was pretty good. I, I thought K.J. was all right. Um, I will I, – I don't – I don't know what to make of this draft. How, how do you feel about this? Out of 32 teams, this is my worst draft. It, your worst? My worst. They did really? worse than everybody. In my opinion, they did worse than everybody. My buddy from San Diego, massive Charger fan, is probably going to whoop my ass for this. He's not going to be happy. Cameron, That's, I'm sorry. I, I don't I, – I thought K.J. Hill was a – I mean, it definitely – you know, it's not okay. just a flyer. I All think right. he's really good. So you took a you took I, a seventh round flyer on a wide receiver that played at Ohio State. That's fine. You've got wide receivers. And I thought okay. Kenneth Murray at linebacker, like obviously it was a I hold. Just, I disagree. Fill. I just you reached for him. He wasn't the best linebacker there. wasn't the best linebacker on the board. I don't know that he was the. I don't top know. I, I think he. I think he was the best linebacker on the board at that point. Like I, I'm, no I'm telling way. you, there's no way. No, he was not better than Patrick Queen. He just wasn't. That's not an LSU homer pick, dude. He just wasn't. Who yeah. did he stop all year? Make a big play that he made in a Big 12 all year. It wasn't against Baylor's slow-ass defense offense. <laughs> no, you got a valid point there. against Texas. But it, he did He did help flip around their defense. I mean, their defense was was a lot better last season. Now, a lot of that had to do with, uh, with the new defensive coordinator. You know, they brought in Alex Grinch. Like, he, I just... I, I, did, I don't want the leader of that defense on my team leading my defense now. I don't want that. Okay. I mean, I understand. Like, I, I, I'll say this. I, you know, who did we have that was neutral the other day? I don't know. Like, I don't I don't hate this draft. I don't. Justin Herbert's the only pick that I like, and that is about as neutral as I can be. I It's okay. Yeah. All the it, rest of them I could care less about, and I thought they moved up and they didn't take the best guy on the board. I don't even know that they took a top three guy on the board at that position. Man, that's, you're a lot. You're a lot more harsh on uh, on Kenneth Murray than I am. 
I thought yeah. I thought he I was like be good. he was the star of that Oklahoma defense, which ain't saying a bunch, but okay, that was a shitty know. defense. It's one of the worst defenses in all the 130 college football teams. That's and and yet they ranked as a as a top 30 or t- hell, I think it was a top 25 defense. That's a bullshit, but that's a bullshit ranking, and you know it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, Michael, LSU had a really good offense. LSU could have legitimately scored a hundred points on them if they oh, wanted. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're you're right. You're right. Uh, Michael had to head out, but he told us all to have a good weekend. Obviously, we appreciate that. He he got in in time for his Broncos, and that's what we were worried about. Uh, McKinnon said, outside of the first round, I think uh, the Chargers kind of dropped off. They'd be good to sign Cam Newton too if they want to be actual contenders for anything this season. Herbert has plenty of potential, but he's just not ready. I think that's my biggest thing here is I, I am going to have to see it with Justin Herbert. I don't remember a single game at Oregon that he played where he was the biggest factor on the field. Like, I just, I don't I don't remember that ever happening. Like, I, obviously, there was all this talk about him. And, yeah, he's 6'6 and 230-some-odd pounds, and he can throw the ball like a rocket. But, man, like, he, he had so many passes that were his fault that they, that they were incomplete. And... Now I'll tell you this: He's going to a wide receiving core that can that can play. Okay. Yeah, but if he he's got if a he misses big athletic him. tight end, he's got uh, Keenan Allen who is a route machine and just crazy speed with great hands. He's got Mike Williams that can go up and get it. Yeah. All right. You miss Mike Williams, you've done something. I mean, you got a valid point there. Um, I think he's going to be fine, to be honest. Whenever he gets the game, he might not get the go for another year. I mean, you got Tyrod Taylor. Like, they I, might I ride think... with Tyrod. They've said all along they're going to ride with Tyrod. They're not going. To, they like Tyrod over Cam. They like Tyrod over Andy Dalton. They're not doing that. They're not playing that game. I do so I'm okay with that. with that. That's fine. I think he can be fine. All right. He's going to a team where he doesn't have to be the leader in the locker room because Nick Bosa and the defensive guys are the leader in the locker room. Yeah. Bose is a leader of that locker room. Melvin Ingram's a leader of that locker room. True, true. And they don't have to worry about the Melvin Gordon headache this year. That's always good. No, they don't um, worry about that. No. So. No, this is, like, I, I will say this. Outside of the Herbert pick, which I'm just kind of like, okay, I get why you took him. Okay, I didn't like him that much, but it, you, at a position like that, you're going to have to take him high anyway, so you may as well, right? Especially when you have a need for a quarterback. Um Outside of that, like I, I kind of like what they did. I, I didn't think it was that bad at all. I, I thought they got some good value here. I got, I thought they, you, you, you put they, they gave away assets to move up to get Kenneth Murray. I just okay. <laughs> you and I will disagree on Kenneth Murray. I, I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's okay. going to be good. Like I, I thought it was good at Oklahoma. Like no, the defense overall was not great, but I, he he flipped them around and he was the biggest playmaker on the field uh, for the majority of their games. Like, he was, at, at at whatever point he was on the field against the majority of the Big 12 schedule, he was the biggest playmaker. Now, obviously, a one-man defense cannot stop LSU's offense. Like, that's impossible. Um, but e- even, like, good defenses couldn't stop LSU's offense. So, it, that doesn't affect me. You don't have to stop LSU. I just wasn't impressed. Yeah. I didn't think he was anywhere close to the pedigree that you could have got from Queen. Yeah. And I think that's an honest assessment. Yeah, okay. I can understand that. I mean, I I, I totally get where you're coming from. I uh, I, I think he's not he Roquan will... Smith. No. He's, he's not Devin Bush. He's not Devin White. Linebackers from the past that went early in drafts that were great linebackers. He's not any of those guys. 
No, you're right. I'm not moving up to get that guy. I'm just not. No, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I totally understand it. Uh, I don't know that they should have moved up for him, but... Well, he wouldn't have been. Well, he probably he might have been there in the second round. Shit, I don't know. At, well, I, I don't I don't know that they had to move up or give up as much as they did to to be able to move into the first round to get him. I think he probably still would have been there multiple picks later. Yep. Um, but I don't know that he should have been. You know, that's just me. That's just me. I I kind of like what they did. I I thought it was a, a fairly decent draft. They took flyers on guys that I think are worth the, uh, you know, we're taking a flyer on. So. Yeah, other other than Justin Herbert, I, I thought it was a fairly good draft, and even then, I don't know what to make of Justin Herbert right now. So unless, like, if you're going to sit him and different. build him, he's the only guy that I'm neutral on, and I think I think they took flyers, but all those other guys are reaches. They're all projects. They're all you know, yeah, might okay. be something or at a position that they don't need. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're you, loaded you at right skill players. They don't need that. Well, let's go get two wide receivers. Okay. Yeah. Now that you, makes sense. Our offensive point. line sucks, but that makes sense. Yeah, they, they needed offensive line help badly. Badly. We don't have a running back on the roster that's over 200 pounds. Uh, let's go get another running back that doesn't weigh 200 pounds. That's 100% true. 100% true. Like, I just don't, like, I don't, I don't understand the picks they made because I think there were better players at all of those positions when they took the guys they took. That's the problem I have. Now, at the quarterback position, I don't think there's a better quarterback. No, I agree and there. The problem is, is I don't know that they trade back. Here's the problem. They could have taken a badass left tackle right there. Oh, yeah. They could have taken Warford. They could have taken Wills. They could have taken, you know, the best tackle in, in, in this draft at that pick. And and instead they took Herbert. Yeah, and they can punt, they can punt for quarterback next year. Yeah. Or Sign one of these other guys and take a shot at at a at just a free agent quarterback. Yeah, this, as much as I shit on the guy, if there's one team that should make a trade for Aaron Rodgers, it's this team right here. Yeah, yeah. I going do. going into that new big stadium, whenever we open things up for fans and this and another coming in the next year, 2021 season, it'd be really nice to be stroking out Aaron Rodgers walking in that building mm-hmm. instead of the the guys on the other side are walking in with Jared Goff. You've got a very, very, very valid point. He's a California. Everybody says where Tom's are going. No, 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 no. Tom didn't fit out there. Aaron Rodgers would absolutely fit out there. Yeah, yeah, I think he would. I think he would. That 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 is a hundred percent what they should be looking at trying to do. And now I don't know that they're going to now that they've got Herbert. But I mean, I I trade Justin Herbert for Aaron Rodgers in a heartbeat. So well, the thing that they're going to have to deal with is is. Rodgers ain't going to get moved for two more years anyway, just yeah. because his contract is the way it is. Too much dead money would go to the Packers if they, even if they traded him. Yeah, but in two years. In two years, if you realize Herbert's not the guy, it'd be real nice. You can make that move. Spending draft capital to make that move. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're dead on, dead on. The Las Vegas Raiders are the next up. Seven and a half wins is their total. And yes, that makes three teams in this division whose win totals are seven and a half. So, and then you've got the Chiefs at 11 and a half, which is a big number, but hey, I, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibilities. Uh, the Raiders needed cornerback, linebacker, and wide receiver help. And boy, did they attack those big time. Um, 
I mean, they they took one linebacker, Tanner Muse, out of Clemson, and they did that in the third round. They had two first-round picks, three third-round picks, and two fourth-round picks, and they made the most of it. So they knew they needed wide receiver help. Well, they knocked that out. They got Henry Ruggs as the first pick, which kind of surprised everybody, but the Raiders for years have been enamored with speed, and he was the fastest wide receiver in the draft. Uh, on top of that, you got Lynn Bowden Jr., who lists, I mean, he's he won the award for most versatile player in college football last year. Yep. He's a wide receiver, quarterback, and running back all in one. Uh, he ain't a great quarterback, but he can play the position. And then you also got wide receiver Brian Edwards out of South Carolina right after that. Now, along with that, they needed quarterback help. Well, they took care of that too. Uh, Damon Arnett out of Ohio State, they took him early, and that was super surprising. I thought it was a bit of a reach. Uh, and then they took Amik Robertson out of uh, Louisiana Tech in the fourth round, another kid who played insanely. I mean, that Louisiana Tech secondary last year was loaded. Uh, didn't get to show it against a ton of, you know, big-time talent. But you can you can kind of see with cornerbacks how well their footwork is, how how good, like, how good they play the position, right? That's Or how well they play uh, the position. So... I trust the guys at Louisiana Tech. They took him in the fourth round, and then they also took offensive lineman John Simpson out of Clemson uh, along with that. So a lot of cornerbacks, a lot of wide receivers, uh, and then they took an offensive lineman, um, and they got their linebacker. You know, I I think they they met a ton of needs. I I like what Mike is doing as the GM there. I do think that you were right on draft night when you were talking about Gruden is the guy, and he just kind of put him in a corner and said, look, this is what we're doing, and you can give me your suggestions. And I think that he did give suggestions. Later, later he did. Yeah. I, there's no doubt in my mind the Ruggs pick is a is a Gruden pick. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, what about, what about Arnett? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I know John's an offensive guy, and, and – and John likes speed and he likes whatever. As much as I think Ruggs was a mistake pick because I like CD and Judy far better than him, I think there's a pretty big gap between those two guys and the other receivers in this draft. I I think if there's any coach that has the freedom and flexibility because of the strength of his contract, He's going to do everything he can to make Rudy uh, that to make Rugs look look like the right pick. He's oh, yeah. going to force him the ball as often as he can force him the ball, no matter what. Just because he's got to be proven right. He's got an ego and he cares more about being right than winning games. And so, so does that mean Rugs is going to look like the wrong pick later? No. But if Judy and CD end up being stars in this league. I think they've got Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, top-tier abilities, okay? Yeah. I don't know that anybody else in this draft, if they became DeAndre Hopkins, I would be shocked. They uh, they did the same thing this year that they did last year, which is uh, they took a bunch of Clemson and Alabama and, you know, players from the best teams. They, they took hard workers that they know are going to be hard workers. And they got a guy out of Ohio State in the first round. They got a guy out of Alabama in the first round. They got two Clemson guys. And, and then they took some flyers. You know, Muse worries me. I, Muse, yeah, I agree. So we, used to, 
we used to call this tweeners, and it was not a good thing, by the way. When you didn't know what a guy could play in the NFL, is he is he small enough to play safety, or is he too big? Is he too small to play linebacker? Is he too big to play safety? But yet he's not great at either. So while it sounds versatile, that's not a position where you want that kind of versatility. Agreed. Agreed. You want him to be able to play safety or cornerback because that means he's fast enough to play either and big and strong enough to play safety. Yeah. Last year they took Hunter Infro from uh, from Clemson. They took Trayvon Mullen from Clemson in the second round. They took Josh Jacobs running back out of Alabama in the first round, and they took Cleveland Farrell from uh, Clemson in the first round. Like they, And they have talked about this. Uh, they are going to draft players from the best teams in college football, and they think that that's actually going to work. And maybe it will. I mean, they, they, were, they were surprisingly competent last year. Like they, they were not a terrible team, and it was, no. it was interesting. Now, you know, they picked up Mariota in, in free agency to give a little competition to Derek Carr. Uh, McKinnon jumped in on Facebook. He said, I actually really love the Bowden pick. Hate the Raiders, but I think they have a top-five draft class. Uh, I, I really like what the Raiders did here. Like, it, it totally wasn't agree. conventional. It wasn't. Totally it, it, no. I thought it was good. I, yeah. I I like what they I, got. I think I think they made a mistake. I mean, if you if you change rugs out for Judy, I think this is way scarier. Just way scarier. I think I don't I don't think there is as big a drop off from Jerry Judy to Henry Ruggs as you would think. No, that's fine. You can you think know. that. You're a Bama fan. That's fine, Gary. Well, no, it would have been the same thing with C. D. Lamb. The guy like, caught forty football passes last year. Forty. When when everybody else in this draft class that was a receiver caught eighty, he caught half. With the best quarterback that he's ever played with in his life. Okay, at some point in time, that has to matter. Why did he not get the ball more? Let's see. Yeah. Judy had 77 receptions last year. Why is he half? Half of that. That has to matter. And I didn't watch enough tape to figure it out. He looked unbelievable in the 40 that he caught. That's great. But at some point in time, is he Randy Moss that takes plays off? Was he not getting open? Was he not capable of getting open? It's it's, Did he it's get open crazy. because they 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 double teamed Judy with their best cornerback, so he had the third guy covering him. I mean, I don't know the answer to that. I know this: it's really a hard pill for me to swallow. And I'm not saying he's not going to be great. Okay, not saying that either. But I know Ceedee Lamb and Jared Judy. Nobody could guard those guys. Nobody could cover those guys, okay? And they have the numbers, the stats, and everything else to go along with it. While he looks electric and he's really fast, somebody's got to explain to me how the hell this guy only caught 40 balls. Judy had 77. Jalen Waddell had 33. Ruggs had 40. And then Devonta Smith, let's see what he had. Da-da-da-da-da. Well, and now it's not pulling him up. That's fantastic. There we go. Devontae Smith out of Alabama. How many did he have last year? He had 68 receptions last year. So, at you know, I mean, Alabama had two receivers that went over 1,200 yards, and that was Judy and Smith. Uh, Ruggs averaged the most per reception out of everybody, and that was uh, over That's 18 it. and a half. Big, he got big plays. That's fine. That's not, that's not what I'm looking for. 
Yeah, I understand. I, I see can, where you're coming from. When you're talking so. about comparing him to two guys that could be the best receiver in football, I don't think he's got that because something made him drop down. Because you can't just say Alabama had that. I, I was trying to figure out what you were using to pull those numbers up real fast, and I just couldn't do it. LSU guys didn't have that. Justin Jefferson caught a hell of a lot more than 40 balls, and he had to share the ball with Thaddeus Moss, with Chase, you know, like like with more players than 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 Ruggs had to share with. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So I mean, you're, you're that can't right. be an argument. That just can't be an excuse. Yeah. I don't know what you do. Once again, doesn't mean it's going to be trash. Doesn't mean it's going to be garbage. It just means he the other guys were much more the third best guy in this draft. But I don't understand why you don't take one of the two that could be the very best guys. I was using a sports reference, by the way. Let so. me ask you this. If right now you could go back to that draft class and, and we know the outcome of it, why would you take Watkins when you know for a fact you could take Odell Beckham or, or Julio Jones or somebody like that? Why would you – Mike Evans. Why would you take Watkins knowing the other guys are there with their productivity? You wouldn't. You, you wouldn't. wouldn't take him over those guys. Yeah. No, you're right. You're 100% right. Um, yeah. I, I really I, like this draft. I think they did a really good job. It's easy to do a good job when you have seven picks in four rounds. Yeah. In the deepest draft that we may have ever seen. Yeah, they, they got they got good dudes. They I mean, they, they don't have seventh-round flyers. No. <laughs> they, because they didn't have seven-round picks. They got no. seven picks. But they took them all in four rounds. That's it. You're 100 percent right. They three third round picks, two fourth round picks, two first round picks. The only and pick they made that the I, most of them. That I didn't. I don't like the rugs pick because Judy and, and CD were there. That, yeah. That's that's my logic. That's my argument. Nobody's going to change my mind. I'm not a fan of the Muse pick because we're being really nice in this draft. Nobody ever says negative things about anybody anymore. Not hating on the kid, but there was a thing called tweeners. And and this guy's a tweener, and if he can't figure out how to play linebacker or safety, he ain't gonna play either. And it was a wasted pick. Now, Other the, than the that, only all one, the rest of these picks, great, fine. I I think they crushed the draft. I, I think I think Lynn Bowden himself is. I mean that that could be yeah. nope, that could I be agree. the best pick they make. Uh, yeah, but T- Tanner Muse, like, yeah, he's safety or linebacker. Like he's we can call him versatile if we want to. The only player like that that was worth a, a big-time pick would be Isaiah Simmons. Like, that's it. it and, and I'll tell you this. There's a little – I have. I wasn't bold enough to say it on a thing. I, I, I don't know that I'm going to say that, but at some point in time we got to say, is he the same thing? Is there a position he could play in the NFL? Because this is an offense where you need him to sometimes run the ball, sometimes catch the ball, sometimes throw the ball. This is defense, right? pretty much just needs you to have a job and do your job, right? Yeah. And yeah. is there a place for him to do that? Like, with Tanner, like, I think Isaiah Simmons is is fast enough and big enough to yeah. be able to do that. I don't know. That well, I think, I think is, he's going to be a really good safety. I would play, if I had Isaiah Simmons, but I like I like the safety position in the backfield more than any other, in the in the DBs more than any other position out there. I think yeah. it's more valuable. And that, I think that, it's more valuable there. That may be, like... I think Muse is probably going to be like a cover linebacker. Like I think I think that's the biggest thing here. Like it, and I think he's big enough to be able to handle guys like Kelsey and whatever else and he's he's quick enough to be able to and I understand like I know but I I think that maybe the only 
I don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I, I I really didn't think that he would be a third-round pick. I'll say that. Let, like, let I don't think it's a waste of pick. I just, the, guy, the guy who's been locking down tight ends in the NFL and the only guy that's really been able to do it and do it successfully is it's coming to the downside of his career, and that's Eric Berry. There's, yeah. There's, there's no other safety slash linebacker, whatever, that really gives linebacker that, that really gives the big athletic tight ends problems and he gives them fits. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, I mean he, That's he, it. he grew into that role a little more. Like uh, once he got to the NFL, he he actually got a little well, bit bigger. So he got bigger, but he's just that guy was the smartest guy on that football team when he was at Tennessee and and in that locker room, he probably still one of the smartest guys on that team. Oh, I, I mean he's I agree. He was a different kind of player. I agree. Um all right, so I I I don't hate their draft. Like I actually kind of like their draft. No, don't uh, hate it at all. Like it a lot. So, so who, hey, Joseph who, Gomez who won, jumped who in. Lost? Hold, on, hold on, Joseph Gomez jumped in. He just wanted us to say. Uh, he said, "Can we just say the Giants choked the uh, choked the pick?" Um, we yeah, we can we can talk about the Giants choking picks all day. That's totally fine. Um, no, as far as who won the AFC West, like the, our winner and loser, I I think. I'm going to say that the winner is the Broncos. And I think I'm going to say that the loser. See, I don't, I don't hate any of these. Like, I don't That's, think any of them are bad. I, I might, I might say, I might say the Chargers. Chargers are the definitive loser of this draft. Yeah. It's not close. It's just not close. And the Broncos are the first team that I have a draft that I love. There's yeah. not a single pick that they made. That I didn't think that was a good pick. That was a good pick, and they got to pick a lot of them. Yeah, they most certainly did. They most so, certainly did. I, right. I I really love that one. So. Yeah, the Broncos. I I think were definitive winners in this division, um, and then the Raiders. I or the uh, the Chargers. Sorry, I think are the uh, the last place in this, in this division. Now I don't hate any of them, but you know I'll I'll roll with that. I think that's perfectly fine. Ah, <sighs> and now Friday is done. We are ready to roll out of here. We hope everybody enjoys their weekends. We're going to go ahead and head out. There's there's nothing going on on the uh, on the timeline that we need to hit, right? Nope, that's it. Let's roll. That is it. All right, we will uh, we will make sure that uh, that all of you will be back on Monday, of course, four thirty on Monday. It's going to be a good time. We'll uh, we're we're going to attempt to have some guests on next week. So hopefully you will tune in for that. There will be much that happens this weekend. Hopefully we get some more answers as far as the reopening of the country, and everything else. So we'll uh, we'll dive into a ton of stuff. But go check out winningcureseverything.com along with all sorts of different stuff. Make sure you are subscribed, you leave some nice comments, and share the show out with your buddies. We hope you all have a good weekend. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we will see you all on Monday. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.